Billy, it has been Thank a while, you. my friend. <laughs> it has been a while. How are you, man? Doing good. How about you, man? Hell yeah. We're doing well, man. I am rocking and rolling with a new rig. I'm super excited. And this is my inaugural episode with new and improved machinery. And I'm excited to see the difference in that. I love it. I love it. People are going to see a stark difference now between the editing times and all of that because... Uh, uh, I'm sure people will will agree these are our, our timings between episodes. It varies, and there's a reason for that. And now it should be much, much more streamlined. So, uh, again, welcome back, everyone. I am here with Bill, and we are going to be going into something that we we both have a lot of passion for. Bill more than me in in this regard, and that's that's rare to find somebody that has more knowledge and more passion in, 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 a, in a media than I do. But we're talking about Star Wars. And oh, yeah. I'm fucking excited, bro. I'm excited. Dude, uh, I got my Boba Fett shirt on right now. I'm so ready. <laughs> and that is, uh, we are going to delve into the original trilogy. Uh, for those of you that have not watched it and want to watch it, uh, what, what it's been out for like 40 years what are you waiting for guys uh, it's or 50 but yeah but uh this is your spoiler warning if you do not want to know what goes into episode four five and six a new hope empire strikes back and return of the jedi uh if you do not want to know what goes on in those episodes please feel free to listen to any one of our other episodes right now we have up to 13 that's crazy Ooh. Free topic started in January and we have 13 already. Where's the time? High quality. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, what a what a great podcast indeed. So if you do not want to uh know anything that's happened, please feel free to reach out and like just listen to any of our episodes. But if you don't care about that, strap in. Because we're about to jump in the Millennium Falcon and do a Kessel run in under 12 parsecs. Yeah, I think so. Around there. Yeah, we could do it. We could do it. We'll do an eight. We'll eight. Do it. <laughs> All right, coming up. Star Wars, man. In today's times in media, it right now it, it's so divisive. Wouldn't you say, Bill? Like it's. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's sort of ho- like horrible uh, way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure how we got here because let's rewind the clock back to, you know, 1976 when A New Hope came out. It truly ushered in a brand new age for sci-fi and for cinema. It catapulted the careers of the original three, you know, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, especially. He went on to be one of the greatest actors and most notable actors of the 20th century, you know. And I I just do not know, and we'll delve into it in future episodes, I promise, but I'm not sure what's happened since then, that now it's sort of like it's almost become a little toxic, don't you say? Oof, it is super toxic. <laughs> I scroll through the comments whenever anything new gets released. It's it's a war zone in there. Yeah, 
it's it's so hit or miss. You either yeah. you know you pander to the faithful to the the fans that have been around since you know these times and it's great or the new fans that said oh it's a rehash it's a repeat we don't like it mm-hmm. we hate it get this away from me you know and yeah or they're um, destroying and, the old lore exactly or they're destroying what george lucas has built the story wise and all of that it's yeah. uh, and we know that friend of the pod jake unfortunately who couldn't be here for this episode but he is absolutely very animated very passionate about this particular topic because he is a huge star wars fan more so than probably the both of us but he's super passionate about it and that's saying something but um he has his own takes on it which will be he'll be around for future episodes for sure because he'll this be around be... when the those takes become more relevant oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but for right now for today we are going to just enjoy we're going to bask in a simpler time yes. In a more civilized time, uh, as you would say, nice. in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> you see what I did there? Hell yeah, dude. Um, like yeah, dude. So, Star Wars 4, 5, and 6. Now, at the time, it wasn't known that that was the, uh, shall we say, the point in time for this saga, right? The Skywalker saga. Uh, George Lucas came out with a wonderful beautiful story that we're going to go into in our now much celebrated quick recap that is not so quick but it's fine we'll strive to get it quicker you ready oh always star wars episode four a new hope so the story starts out with the quintessential uh shall we say evil empire chasing the beautiful princess in this case, the beautiful princess played by the one and only Carrie Fisher. Rest in peace. Uh, forever, our Princess Leia. And the story starts out with also a very quick introduction to, I would say, the most memorable, iconic villain in all of cinema history, who is Darth Vader. Wouldn't you say I, I, I would... It wouldn't be that much of a stretch, right? I can't think of another nah. villain that just... His own breathing, yeah, you know, his it. breathing you know his, it. his yeah. silhouette, you know, it. that yeah. helmet, that helmet, the look. As soon as he pops off that red life, set, you you just know that you know exactly yeah. who he is. And central evil, yes. But as the story is about to play out, a little bit of a little bit of a gray area with this guy, but uh, we're not quite there yet. So the story starts out, Princess Leia. In hightailing it from uh, the evil Darth Vader, her ship gets captured. She has to quickly relay a message of distress to an old friend, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who she says... Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Iconic line. Everyone knows that line. Hell yeah. So she sends her two, shall we say, loquacious uh, droids, C-3PO and R2-D2, and they happen to crash land on a desert planet named Tatooine. And they come across your, again, run-of-the-mill farm boy named Luke Skywalker. Uh, who just uh, so happens to come across these uh, droids. He patches them up. He sees the beautiful princess. 
and he just completely loses his fucking mind. He is absolutely, I mean, you're catching him at like a peak, you know, hormone riddled teenage years. He's, he's a beautiful oh, yeah. person. Can't think of anything else. He wants, he wants to risk it all. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So he, he thinks Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hmm. I wonder if it's Ben Kenobi. You think? Luke? Maybe. <laughs> Just maybe. Uh, so he goes out and search for Ben. He finds Ben, who we, of course, know is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the two from then set out on this whirlwind adventure to get the princess back. But to do that, they need a ship and to get off of Tatooine. And who should they come across at the cantina? But uh, again, just so much influence through future years of cinema. This particular character, his name is Han Solo, played by somebody at the time who was unknown. His name, Harrison Ford. Uh, who little is now, carpenter, little little car, yeah, little known carpenter, just you know punching his clock in the day in and day out, and he got the opportunity of a lifetime, and he, you know, quintessential shrug, yeah. I mean, fuck, I'll do it. Why not? <laughs> and he completely took off after that role. But anyway, so they come across Han Solo, Hancho first, Solo. by the way. Hancho, oh, okay. So yes, <laughs> let us delve that for just about a minute if anybody has not seen the first three movies but they choose to they they it should they should be aware of this um well-known controversy that in one version of the film uh, when we meet han he is of course a swindler a scoundrel who is deep in debt with uh the local mafia and one of the bounty hunters comes to see him, and he shoots first. That's the original showing. Cold-blooded. Now, well, yes, absolutely. He he just does not hesitate. However, yeah. in future showings, right, like after a few few years, they they edit it, so we see Han Solo in a little more, you know, lighter tone. He's not yeah. really as cold-blooded as that. So. They changed it to the bounty hunter shot first, and he just shot in retaliation. This is a lie, yeah. people. It's a lie. He shot first. He always shot first. Just a subtle uh, little detail, but it makes a difference. <laughs> heck yeah. So that is exactly how we meet Han Solo. He is charming. He is quick on his feet, and he does not hesitate when his back is against the wall. And that is the sort of anti-hero this story so desperately needs. He brings a lot of levity. And in the middle of all of this epic conflict between good and evil, we can always count on Han to represent the everyday man. The man who's just oh. out to buck. You know, he just wants to live free <laughs> and fly his ship and make a buck while he's at it. And this charismatic then, guy hanging out yeah. with his dog person yeah and we meet his first mate who is a wookie by the name of chewbacca who we lovingly know as chewy and apparently he's the only one that understands chewy's dialect everybody else just kind of seems to slowly just register him but he like han's the only one to really understand him so that's the, the again comedic effect at its finest but so they hook up basically the uh it's a 
it's a great team of Obi-Wan, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Chewie. And off they go to rescue the princess. They manage to find her aboard this huge battleship uh, cruiser. But also, which is, this is the biggie here, there's not any kind of battleship cruiser. This is a gigantic battleship called the Death Star, which has the power to destroy planets, which is a game changer. Because again, in this conflict, it's the evil empire versus the rebellion, which Princess Leia is an, you know, an integral part of. So they find that they, you know, the Princess Leia is being held in this Death Star. She just witnessed the absolute decimation of her home planet of Alderaan, right? And they managed to not only rescue her, but get into a confrontation with Darth Vader. Now, this is the first that we see that there is history between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. That, as we all know, Darth Vader, his real name, Anakin Skywalker, who, as we all know, is the father of Luke Skywalker. But we didn't know at the time. We didn't know at the time. And that was killed Obi-Wan's Padawan. Yeah. And that's essentially what Obi-Wan kind of tells Luke when they first, you know, when they first meet in the movie. Like, yeah, I knew your dad. And yeah, I trained with him. We were both Jedi Knights. And he got murdered by one of my Padawans, you know, and Padawan being apprentices, who is called Darth Vader. And he's the one that killed your father. And it's true from a certain point of view. see what you did there that's nice that's oh uh, dude i fucking lost it when uh that reveal happens but that comes at the um at the next movie however yeah or rather a couple movies afterward in um return of the jedi now we see this epic confrontation uh this would be you know Little did we know it, this would be the second time that they face off against each other. Well, third, if you count it. Uh, third time that they face off against each other. But this is the first time for us as an audience to see it. And you could obviously see that there's tension between the two. Uh, Darth Vader, at this point, all we've seen is him just choke people, completely just be a menace. And then mm-hmm. here is the first time that we truly see him Treat somebody as his equal, which, as an audience, we kind of wonder now, like, I mean, Obi-Wan is an old man at this point. Oh, yeah. And why does he years on Tatooine did not treat him well? Absolutely not. (laughs) He was only there for 10 years, and yet he he aged about 25. 80-year-old man. (laughs) (laughs) So, so... The showdown ends with, unfortunately, the death of beloved Obi-Wan. He made the most out of the time he was there, but Obi-Wan falls in the final clash that he had with with Darth Vader, and they escape, they being Han Solo, Leia, and Luke Skywalker. Now, Leia, of course, sees the opportunity in this. She of course, wants to show her appreciation, but she needs all the help that she can get. The rebellion is in a bad way. She just saw a complete, you know, a whole planet be completely decimated in a matter of seconds. So she enlists the help of Han, Chewie, and Luke, 
into they bring she brings them into the fold basically into the rebellion they go to on their base and by some miracle of a team called rogue one they manage to find the schematics for the death star uh and they see that the death star has one very small but quite crucial flaw in their plan and i believe bill it was to drop a bomb in a very, very, very particular spot, right? Do you remember? Like, uh, yeah, they dropped the proton bomb in a ventilation shaft that leads ventilation. straight to the heart <laughs> of the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Which it, it, it was stupid, but Rogue One really did a good job <laughs> of explaining it. <laughs> and so Rogue One, what he means is the, what was it, the 2016 movie. Yeah. That was to me by this at uh, this time I, I think it's my favorite. It's my favorite Star Wars movie um, that they've ever overall done. or overall. Disney. No, overall. I would Whoa. say. Yeah, okay. it's, 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 it's I know it's a it's a spicy take. One that we'll definitely delve into. In a bit. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, and to me, it, dude, it, it's it's just it represents everything fantastic that Star Wars is, and I, yeah. I I'll leave it at that. But. Back to the story. We see that this is the chink in the armor for the Empire. And they go on to this, I would say, suicidal mission to destroy the Death Star. Because if they even have a prayer of overthrowing the Empire, this thing has got to go. So the whole Rebellion force uh, managed to take arms. They go into this massive epic space battle. And they storm the Death Star. And, of course, they manage to destroy it, but not in not in the time, basically, to effectively kill Darth Vader. They essentially just hit a ship. He floats away. Day is saved. Han and Luke, and, you know, Han and Luke, basically, get medals. They're commended. Chewie, of course, just stands there like a fucking uh, towel rack. Doesn't get anything. <laughs> Unbelievable. Just watching absolutely devastated no way oh, yeah we also and, uh, we get our first little hint of obi-wan in that fight guiding luke yes yes we do a uh, very important point because if again we are just introduced into uh the jedi and the jedi way and the sith of course that being the emperor and and emperor palpatine and darth vader and we see again that this the force right which is what they call this power uh, some would call it you know telekinesis some would call it uh, mutation whatever you want to call it it is something that jedi and sith are trained to essentially manipulate and use towards their own ends you know the jedi being the good guys uh, sith being the bad guys but again throughout these movies and and stories we see that uh, there's definitely a lot of gray area in between these two. Oh, yeah. A lot of gray area, and we'll definitely delve into that. But the day is saved at the end of A New Hope, and right away, an Empire Strikes Back. We are thrown into the fire at a planet called Hoth, essentially a snow planet. We find Luke, a, again, a, a coming into his own. He is a squadron leader in the rebel forces he is actually quite an adept pilot he has found himself to like again head up his own group and 
again, they're taken into the Empire. They they manage to make him bleed, so to speak, with the destruction of the Death Star. Yeah, he becomes and, Luke becomes like a general, or a... no, Han actually becomes a general, which is crazy. It's insane. Yeah, they're both. You made, Han, <laughs> you made Han Solo a general, like the... yeah, they both rose high. You know <laughs> So I guess they needed more help than we thought. Uh, so anyway, we find Luke in Hoth. He's just going on a patrol on oh, his tom Oh, that's right. And the uh, what's that big ass thing? <laughs> I forgot the name of that thing. But that thing attacks it's him. A huge space. It's a huge snow monster that attacks uh, Luke. A wampa. That's it. A wampa. <laughs> a wampa attacks Luke. Who gets completely caught unaware. So again, he's great at flying, not so great at situational awareness. <laughs> and he gets taken by surprise, and um, Han has to come and save him. And we are introduced to, again, survivalist Han, who, mm. you know, again, will do whatever it takes to live to see another day. And he ends up cutting into an already dead Tauntaun, by the way. He didn't kill him. <laughs> and taking both of them in the inside this this majestic creature uh so they can survive the bitter cold and they can uh survive to get, get help they end up getting that help uh princess leia finds them and here is the first time that we actually see so like what's shaping up to be a little bit of a love triangle between han mm -hmm. leia and luke now, this is going to be especially disturbing with some revelations that we're going to get in the in the third while. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It, there's it's some very <laughs> shady shit going down. Some but Game of Thrones and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, obviously, in the first movie, we see a little bit of like flirting going back and forth, this playful banter between Leia and Han. Uh, Luke, of course, being absolutely smitten, no game whatsoever, no Riz. He just no. looks on, no, none. And he just looks from, from the side. But here, you know, obviously he's gotten a lot more confident, gotten a little pep in his step. And of course, it doesn't hurt when the, uh, the princess wants to make the scoundrel jealous and she ends up kissing Luke. Now, this is. So so cringy on a rewatch. It's very very cringy <laughs> because we, we know, his face after he's like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they find a probe droid, and that's when they again have to run for it. The Empire's closing in. Yeah, and when they do that, Han and uh, Leia are separated from. Luke, because Luke, in the middle of all of that, like you know, he almost died in this frozen planet. <laughs> but before he did, he got a special little message, so to speak, from uh, his old friend, uh, his dear good friend Ben Kenobi, who <laughs> tells him, "Hey, uh, run to Dagobah and find uh, my master Yoda." who trained me because our boy needs training again really good at flying 
not so good at the other side. <laughs> not so, so good at anything else. <laughs> not good at much anything else. Yet. So not Ben, yet. yeah. So Ben told him, "Hey, we need some training, my boy, and you need to seek Yoda." And so that's where he goes off to do with R two D two. And this is also the first time that C-3PO and R2-D2 are also separated. Again, they're there for a little more comic relief but than, than the last movie. But that's essentially where our trio is at. Leia goes off with Han, and they run. And, you know, again, they're on the run from the Empire. Yeah, they're and on the run pretty much the whole time. The whole movie, yeah. Uh, but in between that, they, again... Uh, sparks fly and this is the oh yeah absolutely and this is the time where we see that oh so the scoundrel can get the princess if he's he's got the riz he's got yeah just exuding from just everything oh yeah it's ridiculous um so then the music in the background oh yeah they end up having quite a tender moment that's what we're what we're talking about but they need they need shelter they need somewhere to go to and Han gets the great idea of, hey, let's go to my buddy's planet. He's, you know, he can he can help us out in a pinch. And they go and we meet uh, the one and only Lando Calrissian, Billy D. Williams. Believable, uh, unbelievable! Like it just he's they, awesome. He's awesome. He's a fantastic, fantastic character. Uh, just he's ex- he lives really well in that gray area of like good and bad. Yeah, then he goes to the good, but in this he movie, goes to the good, in- <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't know his true intentions at first, but he exudes charisma, exudes confidence. He takes one good look at Leia and it's like, whoa, what are you doing with him? <laughs> he turns up the charm to eleven, and of course, he receives him in his uh, planet. Do you happen to know what the planet was called? Yeah, that's Bespin in the city's Cloud City. Cloud City. Okay. And uh, he is running a successful operation in Cloud City. He is trying to, as we've come to see a little, you know, again, on a rewatch, it's a little more, I would say, uh, a little more subtle. But we see that Lando is trying to go legit, at the very least. Um, Mm. some, Some habits die hard. But... Uh, from the moment that we see Han and Lando interact, we know that they go a while back. And oh, yeah. we also know that the iconic Millennium Falcon didn't actually belong to Han at first. It actually belonged to Lando, who yeah. he lost it to, like, to, to Han. But that's debatable between them. Uh, either he <laughs> lost it or he got stolen. Either way, it's Han's now. Uh, so they managed to... Uh, meet up with Lando. He said, "Sure, I'll go ahead and and and, uh, and help you guys. No problem." However, little do they know that they were being tracked by a certain bounty hunter. And again, this is our introduction to so many iconic characters in this mm-hmm. story. Uh, he, they were being tracked by a bounty hunter, a Mandalorian called Boba Fett, which is again just the uh, iconic armor the helmet, everything about him. And and now, of course, with the show Mandalorian, uh, it it would not have been possible if this character didn't stick, if this character didn't land the right way. And landed so much intrigue and, like, no one really knew, like, what about him or what he did. 
Never showed yeah. his face. This never. He he looked badass. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I I commend like the first three movies because their imagination and creativity and oh, yeah. in the design of these characters. I mean, uh, from from Leia's you know unique look, her her hair and everything to Darth mm-hmm. Vader. Of course, we've already talked about him and. And this new character, Boba Fett, that uh, for, immediately for that added... we we really had to thank uh, Ralph McQuarrie. He did the like concept art for all the movies, and like you go back and look at it on Google, like it's cool looking stuff, just paintings of what oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. What was his name again? Ralph McQuarrie. Ralph McQuarrie. He he How basically created the the visual of Star Wars. <laughs> Oh, heck yeah, man. Okay. I'll definitely keep that in mind. Bill, with the know-how, as you can see. <laughs> um, so we, I'm I don't get to talk about here. it that much. <laughs> <laughs> we give credit where credit is due here at Free Topic. Absolutely. And we go back to Luke uh, throughout the middle of this. And Luke finds himself in Dagobah. It's this marshland planet. And he meets somebody that, again, don't judge a book by its cover. And this this whole story, this whole original three movies, very much delves into that concept. Don't judge a book by its cover. He meets Yoda, mm-hmm. who is, again, this... Absolutely puppet. insane. <laughs> yeah. He is this this just weird eccentric <laughs> his he, even his voice the way he talks everything about him just was like this is the guy that ben sends yeah. his prize people to okay yeah, this sure. is not a jedi master <laughs> no uh but we quickly learned that um that he is uh probably the most powerful force sensitive user yeah. in the story uh, probably more powerful than Anakin, to be honest with you. Uh, but well, again, we'll dive into that in future episodes. But we see that again, uh, this little guy, not to be trifled with, not somebody to take lightly. And uh, he takes Luke under his wing. But first, he must train not his body, but his mind, because we see that there is a lot of turmoil going on with Luke. From losing Ben to wanting to know about his, you know, real parentage. Things, you know, things a kid tends to wonder about after about 18 years of being in the dark about his own past. So he helps confront his demons, so to speak. And his demons, of course, is Darth Vader. He teaches Luke a very, very important lesson of just do what you feel is right. Do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> exactly. There is no try. You have to, you're either in it or you're not in it. And that scene, um, I yeah. I just want to talk about that. Like, that scene is so freaking powerful when Luke is trying to lift his ship out of the water. And yes. then he's like, it's, I can't. It's too big. It's impossible. And then Yoda just freaking takes out so easily. <laughs> this yeah. little guy, this like, Three foot tall guy lifts the whole X wing out of the water. And then he delivers that line with the music in the background. Oh, it's beautiful. 
Absolutely. And that is the power of this original story. And that is what is a shame a little bit. Because uh, the kids now see Baby Yoda, who's in the Mandalorian. <laughs> Everybody will know, like, he's oh, awesome. Yoda, he's, he's, <laughs> he's again, a awesome character. But <laughs> we would not have gotten Baby Yoda without no. the original Yoda. Uh, who, of course, Baby Yoda named Grogu. But that's, you know, this movie had to land in every kind of way you could possibly imagine for it to become the franchise that it is today. Mm-hmm. And it is so widely beloved. Uh, Yoda especially. Everybody was doing his voice. Everybody was doing the Darth Vader <laughs> voice. Everybody was doing everything about this movie for such a long time. Even I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a kid of the 90s, you know? So uh, everybody was doing the voice. The first time that I saw these movies, it was revolutionary. It was wonderful. Like, I wasn't a sci-fi person before I... I saw these oh, movies. Yeah. These movies is what turned me to sci-fi. So it was um, it, it was wonderfully done, masterfully done. But again, back to the story. So Luke decides after hearing that his friends are in trouble, and his friends are indeed in trouble because it turns out that Lando, good old Lando, uh, managed to strike <laughs> a deal just moments before Han and Leia arrived at Cloud City with Darth Vader. Uh, it wasn't much of a deal as much as it was to survive. Because mm-hmm. Darth Vader doesn't really do deals. He's either, hey, you give me what I want, or I will murder this entire city. So, of course, there was no other way. And uh, after hearing that, Yoda tells him, hey, you are not ready. You are not near enough ready. If you go, you will die. And Luke does not care. Luke doesn't care. He says, hey, my friends are in trouble. I'm going. And we see this this little tidbit. It's so crucial at the point of the story because Ben tells him, hey, with him goes our only hope. It tells Yoda. Now, Bill, like this is at this movie, right? I'm not, this isn't. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) So he tells him. There is another. Exactly. And that's what Yoda <laughs> drops at the very, very end of his sequence in the movie. That must have sent people crazy in the theater. Oh, <laughs> it's like, it's what? The internet. This was like, what do you mean there's another? All we know is Luke. We don't see any other force sensitive user other than Luke in this entire story. So everybody's wondering who the hell is this other person that Yoda knows about? Anyway, we come to this epic, epic clash between a an upstart in Luke Skywalker and the just the embodiment of what we know is evil in this story this Darth mm-hmm. Vader and even then the 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 cinematography the way that the lights are it, it's unbelievable unbelievable Iconic. that is yes absolutely and i know i'm glossing over a little bit i'm, I'm kind of jumping back and forth but uh, I wanted to bring up this this battle because this is the first real lightsaber yeah. battle that we have in the story. Yeah, we had Ben Kenobi and 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 Darth Vader, but that was that was an eighty five year old man with yeah. you know, half a robot who they were really wasn't taking swinging like like twenty pound sticks at each other. Like 20, yeah, so exactly. <laughs> and this was the time when we absolutely see what a potential real lightsaber battle is a mm-hmm. acrobatic completely uh, improv kind of 
it's not even fencing. It's just a a night on night sword fight and back in the just, media. It's offense against defense. Yeah. Vader's the offense. Luke's the defense. And exactly. Vader's trying to capture his ass. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to kill Luke because he was told that his again his last name was Skywalker. He uh, wants to mm. again capture this upstart because he hasn't really come around anybody as as force sensitive as he has as he is rather um so the battle at its peak he um luke managed to wound darth vader just by a bit which is remarkable for somebody again as new as him as raw as him rather but of course darth vader being darth vader he cuts off luke's right hand and manages to again defeat luke and drops oh, man i can't i can't think <laughs> it's so hard to... twist. <laughs> it's it's so hard to put into words what this plot twist it, it just how it was delivered and everything but essentially darth vader reveals that he didn't kill luke's father he is in fact luke's father yeah. unbelievable no, I am your father. Oh my gosh. I just it sends chills every time that I hear yeah. it. It was so massive. Looks like yeah. Howell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just can't can't believe his ears. And well, you know, after a, a couple of minutes of wait, no, you know it to be true. Like just mm. feel it out. Just He's trying source, to like recruit. His him sources trust him. me, bro. That's basically what he <laughs> ends up doing. <laughs> And he ends up, you know, again, they, they, they have a higher feeling. They have a higher learning. Like, uh, the Force kind of teaches them um, mm. to really feel out things more than your regular, you know, Han Solo. Uh, who, by the way, this is a nice segue. Uh, right before this fight, unfortunately, uh, we lose. And again, this, this movie just dealt blow after blow after blow, which is one of, I think this is, if I had to vote, this is the best sequel to a movie in cinematic history. It just takes what was yeah. already great and ups it to the 10th degree. I apologize for, for jumping back and forth because we got this fight moments after we were dealt a most heavy emotional blow and the fact that we lose effectively Han Solo. Uh, Han mm -hmm. Solo and Leia got captured. Uh, Han Solo is tortured. And after they were done with him, basically, Boba Fett says, hey, I was hired to bring him in alive. So that's where he's going. And they freeze Han Solo in carbonate to be delivered to um, Jabba the Hutt, who is, again, this mafia leader back on Tatooine. Before then, though, again, we uh, iconic scene between Leia and, and Han. Before he gets frozen, Leia professes her love. Like a fucking just <laughs> president of risen charisma. He just says, I know. And unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. I mean, if if savage. <laughs> it's savage. If I were to tell my wife that, I I would <laughs> before you I would, die. <laughs> I, 
You don't know if you're going to live. I know. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Deuces. I have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody else would be doing the podcast instead of me. But Yeah. um, Find a way to die and then haunt you. (laughs) Oh, man. But, dude, it it was just so, again, masterfully done. And Mm -hmm. it lives up to his character. That shows how bad he is. Yeah, that's who he is. He that hides his feelings. That is the most uh, he sh- he would show in terms of how he feels, like his own feelings towards it, which we already we we as an audience know. Han's in love with Leia. We both we all know that, and mm-hmm. he basically gives himself up, which at that time is the most precious thing to him is himself. So he gives himself <laughs> up for the princess. So. Um, yeah, and that's essentially at the end of Luke's battle with uh, Darth. He gets rescued by Chewie and Leia, and Lando, Lando, the weasley little bastard he is, <laughs> manages to again say, "Hey, I can, I can help find Han." Um, mm-hmm. Puts his clothes on. Why Chewie? Yeah, which is the only reason why <laughs> Chewie lets him live because Chewie was ready to just eat him up. Um, but anyway, so that's how we end the second movie, which is Empire Strikes Back. And then there's there's also a little beef, uh, when Luke's hanging from that like wire, yeah. like that's when we get the sense kind of that Leia is like they're connected in some other way because he like senses point. her and like calls to her to help him. Good point. So yes, so. Uh, as he made his escape, he reaches out through the Force with Leia, just a Hail Mary, just like, hey, Leia, mm-hmm. I'm here. And Leia picks up on it. And this is the first breadcrumb. And again, at that time, I wasn't I wasn't even thought of at the time when this came oh, out. Yeah. Was, <laughs> Bill was neither, like even more so as that. As that. But um, I don't know how they managed to kind of piece together the breadcrumbs because, again, on rewatches, it's so obvious, right? Like the, the yeah, reveal. For real. But we see the first breadcrumb of like, oh, how did Leia manage to feel what Luke was sending out, basically? And so that kind mm-hmm. of leads us to the very final movie in this trilogy. It's called Return of the Jedi. And in this movie, we flash forward to Tatooine that we find our friend Han Solo uh, being delivered to Jabba the Hutt. And he puts him up as decor, essentially. He's art. art. So the rescue mission is underway. Leia and Lando and Chewie manage to infiltrate Jabba's palace and uh, effectively unfreezes on solo uh however their plans go awry and they're they are quickly quickly captured and not a moment too soon after that we see a hooded figure completely just walk into his own stroll more like into Jabba's yeah. tower and demands an audience with Jabba. we find that this mysterious being is effectively luke skywalker he is fully mm. done up as a Jedi Knight. So we don't know exactly Almost how long Jedi Master. Almost. Yeah. He is completely like the the wide-eyed, bushy-tailed farm boy that we meet in the first movie is no longer there. He has completely yeah. evolutionized into 
this quietly confident, we don't know the extreme of his power yet, Jedi. He's like a full devotee to the Force now. There's nothing exactly. else. He's a monk. Yeah. And like all monks, he takes his family quite seriously. So he comes <laughs> he comes around and says, hey, give me the girl. Give me the give me Han. Give me everybody. Or face the consequences, essentially. You know? And mm-hmm. Jabba, of course, doesn't take him seriously. He uh, ends up ordering everybody basically to be executed. Now, again... Uh, I'm I'm kind of moving a little quicker in this pace because not only because of the time, but we also want to get into what our favorite scenes are in between all of these three movies. So after again, they managed to successfully rescue Han, kill Jabba, seemingly kill Boba Fett. Now Boba Fett <laughs> was uh, thrown into this cavernous the pit. pit. Yes, which ends up it's a it's a live being. In the desert, um, but he manages. Looks like a hole in the sand. <laughs> yeah, but it's and this hole in the sand has teeth, so it, you know Boba Fett manages to escape, of course. So they end up rescuing everybody. They kill Jabba, and they pretty much uh, head out of Tatooine. And they find that again, the rebellion is. I would say at this point, how would you characterize them, Bill? Like. Are, are, they're on the rise but yeah. they got they have plans because they find out they uh han and leia they go and find out that there's a death star 2 being built and the they have plans in, to destroy that exactly the sequel in bigger and badder and more teeth <laughs> yeah. um so yes so they find that another death star is being built one that um, they think that um, eclipses the first, the original's uh, power, which I mean that that one was murdering planets like it was, you know, uh, Sunday yeah. lunch. So I don't understand how much more powerful they needed to be. However, this one could like single-handedly pick out cruisers and like ships, and it would destroy those too. So a little more accurate. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, okay. So faster too. I think was it faster? Like it would, like it would take days for the other one to destroy the planet, like to load up the <laughs> laser beam. This one, it was like, like a machine gun. <laughs> this is true. Okay, so again, bigger, badder, and ever. Uh, so they decide to take the offensive and no ventilation shaft. <laughs> and no ventilation shaft. Again, I when they were going over it, I wonder how the construction crew was like. Hey, do we just? <laughs> So you just build this shaft for no what is yeah. it for? Yeah, like it needs the airflow from space. Like, yeah. <laughs> can access it through space. Like, all right, well, whatever. It's uh we're just doing what we're told. So this time around, no ventilation shaft, so essentially no weakness. And uh they of course can't have that happen, the rebellion. And so they decide to mount a effectively what is what it would be the last stand. They throw everything they got at this um, massive offensive on the planet of Endor. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where, again, it comes as a little bit of a letdown to most people at the time, uh, Return of the Jedi, because we're introduced to Ewoks. And Ewoks yes. are... What's that? I said yes. I love yeah. Ewoks. <laughs> 
Now this is where we see that the fandom, you know, again, yeah. a little divided. Why are we having these essential like uh, bears. functioning teddy teddy bears uh, <laughs> be part of the fight? I just don't understand. However, be that as it may, they the story the story moves on. And Luke goes back to Dagobah. And uh, he catches Yoda at his very last days. And he just wants to know, why wasn't he told about Darth, being, Darth Vader being his father? Why was it so, I guess, difficult to mm. tell him that? You know, this is a huge thing about his past, about his identity. And essentially, it's what's shaping him into coming up to this very very huge potential fate of the galaxy decision that luke has to make does he stay true to his teachings true to who he is which is a a good person a good man he wants to do right or does he follow his father into the dark side you know and uh here again we see another cameo by uh our good friend ben who (laughs) For some yeah. reason, just he, he talks more in riddles than anything. He is the the least useful. He he was more useful in life in his last few years of life than in death. Oh yeah, uh, because yeah, we we I for one in the rewatch just get very frustrated with the way that <laughs> just Ben decides to lead his afterlife. And um, anyway, they, so, they kind of just try to manipulate Luke. Like they please. are kind of just using him just to kill Vader, and that's why I don't tell him. Yeah, and it's kind of messed up. <laughs> this is essentially the crux of what is wrong with the Jedi Order, yep. and it gets again. If there was one thing that the prequel series did, the prequel trilogy did, is explain how the Jedi Order got there. You know, explain mm-hmm. how just unbelievably unhelpful their ideology arrogance yeah exactly and um was kind of the crux of that (laughs) yes yeah and and of course we we don't really see that at the point at the time but yeah yeah. we just we just um follow luke into this paradox it's sort of like what do i do like do i save my father do i not do i join him do i not do i kill him do i not and Mm -hmm. he ends up saying you know what i'm gonna save my dad there's good in him I know that there's good in him. I felt it. I don't know. Between him cutting my hand off and me diving off of that fucking shaft, there's something in there that's good. So I'm going to try to save him. (laughs) So um, he ends up... Yoda tells him about Leia, right? Then, of course... No, I think it's Ben. Because Ben tells him about... Well, Yoda tells him of another. Ben tells him about his sister. And oh, then yeah. Luke suddenly goes, sister, and Leia. Like, Leia. <laughs> and of course, it's sort of like, oh, duh. Oh, yeah, of course she's my sister. I mean, we even look alike. Yeah. But who knew? And this is where we, as an audience, were like, didn't you just like make out with your sister at some point? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you were so dead happy about it. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. He decides he must confront Darth Vader one more time and try to save Anakin Skywalker, his his father. And Ben tells him, don't do that. Darth Vader has to die, which is wild. This is Ben, like, yeah. uh, 
considering the journey that we've been through with oh. Obi Wan, the fact that in the afterlife, we can it, talk about that at a later date. <laughs> yes, but it's so wild to think of like he's sending Anakin's son to kill Anakin. Unbelievable. But anyway, neither here nor there. But we do end up getting that confrontation, the final confrontation between Darth Vader and Luke. Uh, however, at this point, Emperor Palpatine, who is uh, was again more of like a uh, just five minutes, he just drops, yeah. you know, like a couple of touchdowns and then leaves, kind of a <laughs> character, <laughs> and he just, you know, he gets a little more face time in this movie, and he decides, you know oh, what. Yeah. Darth, I don't understand. Ever since this kid Luke came around, you've been dropping goose eggs, my guy. Like you have been absolutely <laughs> shitting the bed. I lost my fucking Darth, Darth, like that star. I, you know, everybody's escaping capture. When does that ever happen? So you know what? I'm done. I'm done, and I'm just gonna try and get this guy Luke because he's a new and improved version. So that's what he ends up trying to do. He ends up trying to convert Luke to the dark side while he's, again, fighting Darth Vader. And it doesn't happen that way. Um, Darth does end up, or rather Darth Vader, does end up finding res- you know, uh, redemption and resolving his, I guess, his negative feelings towards not only himself, but his time with the Jedi Order. And ends up taking out the Emperor as well. R.I.P. Emperor Palpatine, all 15 minutes. Ian McDermott. <laughs> yeah, Ian McDermott, fantastic performance. So One good. Thing. He gets to delve too, like, so heartily in the prequel series, but that's again for another time. <laughs> and yeah, at the end, we find resolution, we find redemption with uh, Anakin Skywalker. He ends up telling Luke that, again, thank you so much for saving me. Thank you for seeing the good. I did my best, I guess. Uh, as a dad. <laughs> I'll see you later. And so he goes, he, yeah. goes he, he dies in the in the remains of the un- incomplete Death Star. And uh, that is where the movie ends. Empire has fallen. The good guys win. The rebellion is now uh, a new republic, so to speak. And Leia is at the forefront. She is the leader of the rebellion, and everybody She's seems commander. to be the obvious leader of exactly of what they're trying to rebuild. Han, of course, they end up together. Uh, Han and Leia, and Luke uh, is now newly minted. Uh, nobody has affirmed it, but who else is there to affirm? <laughs> he just makes himself into a Jedi Master and yep. decides to recreate uh, the Jedi Temple, and that's where we leave it. It's a quick recap. We kept it under an hour. <laughs> but nice. uh, that was the three movies. So, exactly. And we're going to go into lightning round style. We're going to go into our favorite scenes, favorite characters, and what we call Hero of the Trilogy. Coming up. Lightning round. I'm going to throw some scenes at you, Bill. And tell okay. me what came what, what what you think were were the better ones or, or rather the best out of the trilogy and we're going to crown moment of the trilogy so the initial battle between obi-wan and darth vader fantastically okay. done uh the reveal of darth vader being luke skywalker's father oh 
Hard hitting. Yeah, hard hitting stuff. Of course, Han and Leia in that little shaft. Everybody fucking like the. the (laughs) Yeah, yeah, before he's effectively frozen into uh, a solo table, he eventually just says, I know, and they profess their love to each other. The fight of Empire Strikes Back between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Again, our first introduction into what real lightsaber fighting can be. Mm-hmm. And, and and also the second fight between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, with Emperor Palpatine looking with on. With Emperor Palpatine looking on like a freaking creep. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this uh, Oh my god, dude! And uh, also, I want to I want to shout out this really really great scene, which was just the whole space battle sequence of A New Hope when they were trying to destroy the original Death Star. Uh, okay. Right from everybody getting just erased from existence, everybody just dropping like <laughs> flies, and uh, Luke just going, "You know what? I'm gonna dead eye this. I'm not gonna do this." You know, like uh, again, yeah. like a nice little nudge from Ben and His just friend, whole- big. Yeah, Biggs, completely guys. like, hey, we've been hearing about this guy forever, and he didn't even last two minutes. So I don't know if I want to blame Uncle Ben and going, why do you want to follow that idiot? So I don't, <laughs> or Uncle Owen rather. Sorry, Uncle Ben. And um, yeah, so what 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 do you what do you think? Is there a moment I missed? I know there's a lot to cover in these last three movies. I think I think you got most. The only one I would add is. Uh... The Yoda scene with do or do not, there is no try. Just because oh. that, that is so emotionally impactful for me. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if it's my favorite. I honestly think my, f- it's got to, I mean, it's got to be Empire at the end. with Luke, I'm, or no, I'm your father. Oh, dude. That's just, yes. like, it's... that's when the whole trilogy turns. Like, you get the connections, you get all the emotional impacts of the family. The Skywalkers, like, that's where it changes. It's what makes this trilogy, this story, into, Mm -hmm. oh, this is a really good story, into this is, hands down, in history. This is history book kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, That everybody just knows, like, That's, like, the biggest reveal. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest reveal of all time. Yeah. Like, that you can't top that. <laughs> I cannot think of another one, honestly. Like, I mean, what what else comes to mind? The Sixth Sense. That's another great one. That's a good one. What, what else? Like Saw was a great little twist at the end. And, oh yeah, Saw. So, uh, my gosh, man! I I, I can't I, think I, of anything else. Another, yeah, I can't think of it. And it, it just in pop culture is just indoors. This is oh, yeah. the biggest moment in any story where the hero of the whole story, we've been following this kid ever since we see him at a farm, and this epitome of evil, this terrorizing mm-hmm. the whole galaxy, that is his father. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, I would agree with you. This is this and is the most. It's the, like, the end point of, like, one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> the uh, best yeah. sequels, best movie to me, like... It's yeah. it's dark as hell. Like it's not a lot of happiness. <laughs> no, not a lot of happiness to be found in this particular movie. But that's what makes it so great. It, you yeah. know, the first movie it was you know you could you could see that it was 
not really a kids movie, but also not really a full R-rated yeah. movie either. It was like a family movie. However, at just the second one just completely ups the ante. The stakes are a lot higher, and yeah. you get blow after blow. Like these, la- the last like forty-five minutes of the film or thirty minutes of the film, you go on a roller coaster yeah. of emotions. You just you you lose Han, but that's right after he gains the love of the princess, and <laughs> you lose Luke in a way because he gets dismembered by was his father. Like this crazy. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. they lose they lose at yeah. the end for Good sure. Guys lose, and that's why it's called empire strikes back it's it's unbelievable but uh i would agree with you that is that is the moment and and we're gonna go ahead and now that we crown moment of the trilogy we're gonna crown hero of the trilogy so let me let me throw some some candidates out to you uh now hero does not also mean that they are the good guys we mean hero in the sense of this trilogy does not work with this character if we take out this character then there is no story. So I'm going to throw some out. I'm going to throw Princess Leia. I'm going to throw out Han Solo. I'm going to throw out Luke Skywalker. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi. And of course, we got Darth Vader. So what would you okay. say? What would you say out of those? Oh, unless, and also feel free if you, if you want to add a few that I, that I missed. But which one of those characters would you say? Man, that's hard. Um... It has to be characters, not like nothing production wise. No, none of that. Like, oh well, if you want, no, by all means, yeah. Uh, meaning okay. like an actor, like if if the uh, the I mean, what are we thinking? Harrison yeah. Ford, Mark Hamill, no, I, Billy D. I for you, for it's sure. freaking John Williams. He Ooh. he like puts the franchise on his back, creating <laughs> so many iconic songs that carries all emotion like i can't imagine star wars without john williams he he's perfect <laughs> what he does is perfect for these let's let's all right let's focus on him for a couple of minutes thank you for for this is yes absolutely this movie uh, like the story wise all time stuff what pushes it over the edge is the mm-hmm. music i quite agree john williams who is a titan a legend in the cinema industry um he's he's scored so many iconic films like every iconic, every iconic film. <laughs> movie uh he's been nominated 90 times or something like that uh for every award that you can possibly imagine and he's taken home uh, every single one of them but mm-hmm. i would say um oh the uh darth vader's theme song that's a good one that's the yeah march of the empire or something march of the empire march of the sith or something like that yeah it's just dude you you oh man every time you just can't you just can't escape that like feeling of dread that comes with it because you automatically know that no good's kind of about to come out it's kind of like the reigns of castamere before the reigns of castamere um, yeah, true. Yeah. That's a good. One. And um, just Luke's theme—that moment that he sees far off into, um, into the distance, into the horizon of the two suns, kind of setting. Um, oh my god, bro! It's wonderful. Getting it, goosebumps. Exactly. <laughs> just thinking about that. So beautifully done. Yeah, 
and it's so beautiful. You have these like, like on my bucket list is like yeah. going to see that movie like in front of like a live uh what's it like orchestra? orchestra? Yeah. Can you imagine, bro? Oh, oh dude. I can't oh, like I've can't. seen TikTok of <laughs> people watching Harry Potter with a live orchestra and that sends like goosebumps on me. That'd be cool. Yeah. But Star Wars with the full orchestra, that's absolutely dude. yeah. I would I would absolutely pay good money to fucking do that. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyway, tip of the cap, John Williams. Do you would you name him Hero of the Trilogy then? Because we can't. Yeah, I think he's mine. Ooh, man. I don't know a, who you say. What a curveball. My gosh. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Darth Vader. Uh, yeah. That to me is my Hero of the Trilogy simply because, man, uh, just the voice played by James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones was the voice oh, of yeah, yeah. Um Not only that, but just he is the central character in this story. We didn't know that he was the central character in the first movie because we all thought that Luke was the central character, but it doesn't turn out the way. Who, who did turn out to be that it was, is Anakin Skywalker. He is, mm-hmm. as we know, the prophecy, the chosen one, the everything. Uh, the one who brings balance to the force, all of that, and we're, again, we're gonna delve into his origin in the prequel episode and the prequel trilogy. But oh, yeah. uh, to me, I think that you take out a character like Darth Vader, this movie or like these mm-hmm. movies don't land. You know, like you, you yeah. need that villain to absolutely hit. You need it to land. You need it to not only mm-hmm. hate him. Because he, he is terrifying. He's such a bastard in all of this. He's yeah. an unbelievable douchebag in every single one of these movies. Yeah, he uh, kills like he, three officers of his in Empire. Yeah. You don't even know. He killed more it's officers the, than the good guys. Like, he just, I don't, yeah. he, he's more likely to kill you if you're on his team than not. You know, so that's, oh, yeah. I, yeah, like you really don't know where he lands. and But that's the intrigue of him. And mm. you know, again, really helped out by his theme song really helped out by just everything about him his mm. costume his voice his, his breathing his breathing down to his breathing bro like it, it's perfect it, yeah so i would name him my hero of the trilogy i agree with that if if you're going with characters i that has to be the Ooh. one he has the most gray area i mean he's like he's a pure bad guy in the first two but then at the end of the third like I can't feel bad for the guy. Like he's watching his son get tortured and he's like fighting with this good or bad and it's like zooming in on his face and like you could feel him. It's good yeah. stuff. It's awesome. It's wonderfully directed and again, shout out to George Lucas again finding his footing between um these movies and um just the rest of his legendary career. I mean Oh yeah. Wonderfully done. He- um, dude's a like a god <laughs> <laughs> absolutely he tells the most remarkable remarkable stories and he had a hand also in most of the movies that we love from that era you know like uh the indiana jones movies that mm-hmm. you know et like, right et well that's steven spielberg but he also uh had a hand in writing that yeah he, he helped with those yeah, so. he absolutely helped with those, and it's just unbelievable. Emma Steven Steven Spielberg has just been a force. Yes, and one that you know, as they get older, as we get older, they they've kind of 
taking a little step back, which I mean, yeah, when you're in your eighties, you, you kind of earn that. But um, George Lucas has, cause he sold off Star Wars for freaking billions of money. My God. But Steven yeah. Spielberg, he's still directing movies every couple of years. Every couple, well, he comes out with a few. With the, I, I don't think I, I truly, I don't think he's been the same since. Uh, since oh yeah, no. He's he. I don't know what's going on with. Like I know he wants to do quite a lot of like um, focus pieces, like biopics, but it just yeah. it just hasn't been the same. But anyway. Those were our heroes, and now we're going to go to wrap up the episode. We're going to do our rankings for best to worst um, for this trilogy. And that's something that we're going to do for these episodes. We're going to cover, as we already have, the original trilogy, the prequel, the sequel. And we're going to delve into, of course, everything else that has followed animation. We're talking Clone Wars. We're talking Mandalorian. We're talking Obi-Wan. All of it. Uh, Video games? Video games too. Video games too. Uh, the Force Unleashed, uh, just a wonderful wrinkle of of like the story and Darth Vader and all that. Awesome. Um, oh yeah. Jedi Survivor again, the new game that is coming yes. out. Um, uh, again, all of that coming up very very soon in future episodes. But to wrap up this episode, we're gonna go ahead and rank our movies for this original trilogy coming right up. All right, Bill, time has come. Need to Let's know. Do it. Uh, best to worst. What would you What would you rank these movies? All right. So this is probably the hardest when it, it comes to all the trilogies. Um, every single day, I switch between A New Hope and Empire being the best one. I, oh. I know Empire is the better movie for sure, but A New Hope was like the original, and it's it created everything. I I just really appreciate that. But I, I'd probably have to go Empire first, New Hope second, and then Return of the Jedi third. Oh, that's that's the that's that's the right I believe. Every yeah, time that's, that's the right ranking. Uh, I'm gonna if you watch them all enough, like everyone sees that. It, I'm gonna throw a little bit of a wrinkle. I'm gonna okay. do Empire Strikes Back number one. I mean, unanimous. It has to be. Yeah. I'm gonna throw Return of the Jedi second. And a new hope. The reason you why love those Ewoks. <laughs> here's the, absolutely. What's not to love? It's great marketing material. But um, I, I'll say this for Return of uh, the Jedi. I think that the Ewoks, and I think the little bit of a little bit of a step back in the um, seriousness and the dark stuff that's happened in Empire. Uh, mm. I get it. I get the, the the criticism. However, on the rewatches, I have to say, man, story wise, where it takes us, I, mm-hmm. I I understand why you would put A New Hope second, and it's right. It's the original. It's what sets up the movies. It's what introduces us to these memorable characters and these great actors and uh, and all of that. I, Return of the Jedi, just for me as a story. It culminates the complete journey we take with these characters, but also it lends us the conclusion. And if we're talking big picture, it lends us mm. to the conclusion of Anakin Skywalker and his story, right? Because yeah. even though in the sequels, when he gets referenced a little bit, 
we don't really get anything from him. We don't really get anything of him. Uh, Hayden Christensen didn't come back for any like force ghost things. Not nothing. <laughs> um, it, it's if you watch the prequel trilogy along with the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi takes on a whole new meaning because. Yeah. Uh, Anakin Skywalker as a as a character is one of the most complex. I wouldn't say it's beautifully written. I would say that it's one of the most effectively written stories about a central character where the deaths that he goes through, the suffering that mm-hmm. he gets put through, uh, betrayals he gets, and overall redemption that he finds in his children. Uh, more Not children, plural, but in his child, that's Luke. Um yeah, that to me, like that's what leads to my ranking. So, uh, nothing hey, I can't. Oh, yeah, nothing wrong with. It. I can't hate that. No, that like I think there's really no wrong answer unless Empire's last. If you have Empire last, then you're just stupid. You don't, <laughs> you don't know cinema if you put Empire. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Return of the Jedi is freaking amazing. Like it was so smart of them to have Luke and Vader together for like half the movie. Yeah. That like gives them all the screen time together and been talking and then yeah. fighting and the emotion it's it's perfect great it's a wonderful bookend to you know all these people have tried to save Anakin but the one person to do it is his son uh, mm-hmm. which I, I I wish that we had gotten more scenes from Leia and Vader um, yeah <laughs> she kind of gets left in the I dust she gets left in the <laughs> dust I mean that's unfortunate uh, the only scenes that they have is him just, you know, killing mm-hmm. her planet and effectively just torturing her as well. Not a good, <laughs> look. not a good look. She gets, uh, she gets all her screen time in the sequel trilogy, though. She does. She gets a lot. The sequel trilogy. I mean, that's that's one of the legacy characters that just. I mean, she was integral to that, and again, yeah, R.I.P. Was... Carrie Fisher. Unfortunate for that yes. final movie, but. Um, yeah, those are our rankings. So, um, dude, shit, awesome. Uh, these movies are timeless. I really, really yeah. strongly recommend anybody who has not who has not seen it. But um, again, Bill, thank you for coming. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man, thanks love for talking, having me. Love talking about these movies with you, man. Oh yeah, this one I feel like is the easiest to talk about just because we're just gushing over them. <laughs> All of them. Oh, yeah. But later, oh, yeah, it's, gonna get, it's gonna get hot. <laughs> as soon as we get Jake involved, my God, the sparks are gonna <laughs> absolutely. But again, wait. thanks, Bill. I can't wait for thanks, future man. episodes. Hell yeah! And that was our initial inaugural episode of our Star Wars series. Uh, huge, huge thanks to Bill. Uh, it was something that we were kicking around for quite a bit, and I'm so happy to see it come to fruition. As always, we are absolutely uh, just excited to bring these to you. We're excited to do it, and we have a lot more coming up. Um, we are definitely going to delve back into the pit, back into the Star Wars uh, lore. We're definitely going to do another one, uh, Bill, Jake, and me. Uh, now that the NFL draft is done, we're definitely going to do another sports episode. You know, by the time that this is recorded, I think that the sports episode that me, John Oscar had done, it will already be put up. Uh, I don't know, Bill, maybe you want to, you want to join in. You want to join in the fun with that one. I might be done. Oh yeah. I've been watching um, a little more of this draft. 
<laughs> oh yeah, well, uh, just those that don't know, Bill is a Packers fan, so uh, definitely a world of possibility coming up, bro. <laughs> happy, I'm so happy for you. Happy that you got rid of that. <laughs> got rid of the malcontent, and you can get back to brass tacks of winning football games. So yeah, it's an interesting, interesting time period for the Packers. I've never had to deal with yet. <laughs> uh, we got that, and Shane, much beloved producer Shane, is heading up his own series. He is going to come out with his deep dive into Zelda and all things Zelda related, considering that. Um, Tears of the Tears of the Earth, or Tears of the Sun. I, I don't know. I don't know. The the next self <laughs> that's coming right. Up. Yeah, that's coming up soon. I'll be and interested. We're gonna bring that to you. Oh yeah, he's he's all about it. Him and Lucas are gonna be doing um doing a podcast into that. Uh, so look out for that. We're also going to bring you some anime uh, episodes. We've already done uh, Full Metal Alchemist again. By the time that this uh, gets put out, that'll be uh, airing as well. So quite a lot of things, guys. So again, thank you so much. For those of you that have been following us from the first episode on, hopefully you've seen some improvement. We love doing these for you. This has been Free Topic. Thanks again. Dude, so somebody, if anybody tells me that Empire is dead last. Yeah. Right, dude, Don't I would... in the pit. <laughs> right in the fucking Starlight pit. You close that out of and just... <laughs> Oh, man. You know who would say that uh, Empire is last? Who? Probably Amber. I, don't know I was literally thinking that. <laughs> I could so see that. I could see it. On the Starlight pit. Get in there. Poker in. <laughs> <laughs>